0: Today, the places are once again reversed, and I am the one being interviewed. In this episode, I share some snippets of my journey so far, and what led to me doing the work that I do. I also speak about the importance of changing the narrative and the stories that run your life, navigating fear, and unlocking your true potential. This episode was published on the Inside Mentor's Mind podcast. I hope that you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This show focuses on what it truly takes to pursue a life of excellence. Each week, I speak to a guest who has come from humble beginnings but refuses to settle for less than a life where they are pursuing their best. We speak about mindset, overcoming adversity, and the importance of resilience. This is Kyle Daniels. I hope that you enjoy the show.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Inside Mentors Minds where we dive deep into epic humans to find out what got them to where they are today, their tips, their tricks, And a little bit more of what is inside their mindset in order for them to perform at the levels they're performing at. Today, we have a special guest on, Kyle. Welcome to the show, brother.
0: Thank you for having me, Matt. I'm looking forward to having a really um, fruitful discussion with you.
1: I appreciate it. So, for anyone that's coming across you for the first time, for the listeners or viewers, you want to give a little bit of a foundation of who Kyle is and the work you do?
0: Okay, so Kyle is a guy who. I consider myself like um, always being the underdog. okay? So I grew up in really adverse conditions. Um, obviously subjective in a sense, but I grew up in or on the Cape Flats. And for any of the listeners who are familiar with the Cape Flats, um, it's one of the, the most notorious cities in the world um, with the highest murder rate. So that is just to paint a little picture of where, where I grew up. Um, so the fact that finishing school was an achievement for me. Then going off to university was an achievement. So it's like I've always been one of the first out of my peers to even go ahead and do something like that. So that was always something where I always just drive. I was always driven to achieve a little bit more, a little bit more. And um, that set the basis for me because I didn't want to see myself falling victim to the lifestyle of the people who, was surrounded, who I was surrounded with. I saw many of my peers falling victim to crime, um, substance abuse. Um, and just, you know what? having no hope for tomorrow, and that's not something that I wanted. I grew up in a difficult situation, um, but I had awesome parents, parents who tried their best to give me and my sister everything that they could. And because they always saw so that seed that anything is possible, you just need to do the work, I made it my duty to rise to the best of my ability, to become the best that I could. Um, so been a, it's, been, it's been an amazing journey, amazing ride. Um, many times, lots of falls, lots of lessons, but... The, the cornerstone of everything is a relentless pursuit of excellence, always trying to find what is it going to take for me to rise up, to go to the next level, to learn. And yeah, in a nutshell, that is me. So I finished university at about 23, um, started out in the, in the counseling space as a counselor. I worked in NGOs and community organizations, um, working with people on the Cape Flats, um, drug addicts, um, people involved in gangsterism, but the very dark side of life, you know. Um, and eventually, my wife and I we got married in our, in our later 20s. I got involved in fitness. Um, we decided to move over here to Thailand and explore Thailand. And this also gave me a new understanding of, you know, um, life outside of Cape Town, outside of South Africa. And from that point, I then just considered, I just continued to pivot and grow. And today, I work with, I would say, um, people, I help people become their best, become great. Um, so I work with lots of professional athletes, um, footballers, I work with entrepreneurs, I work with leaders, with anybody who is on the pursuit of excellence, who's on their, who's on their path of attaining their version of impossible. Um, something that seems unattainable to them right now and everybody around them, but who knows listen I'm here for a reason. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. So that's basically me in a nutshell,
1: man. I love it. And that is so inspiring. Um, congratulations on all your success and getting out of those odds. Um, Mm -hmm. usually if in my experience of reading, being around and talking to anyone of any sort of greatness, there's usually like a very dark period or a dark time. Mm -hmm. Um, is mm-hmm. this something you experienced, and then what was it, and how did you get through it?
0: So I've feel had like- many times. Uh, I've, I've experienced many dark times or difficult times, but this one that I would say was a catalyst for um, the change, the person who I became, because I haven't always had the perception of life or the perception of who I could become. I always wanted things to be easy. I thought, okay, I put in the work, and things should come to me easily. So. I'll give you a little background. So after finishing um, my undergrad, I studied psychology. Um, I, I was like, you know what? First of all, against okay, all odds, I managed to finish finish school. Then go ahead, go ahead, get a university degree. So you were like, oh, you're looking at this milestone. Once you get it, your circumstances will be changed. Hmm. But I just, I found myself being depressed, unemployed, living with my parents. Um, with a bachelor's degree, I did not even want to attend my. Graduation, right? Um, I did not attend it. To be frank, Uh, my parents were like, "Oh, um, we have to go." It's like something that's obviously it's an amazing achievement. Like I told you, where I come from, so my sister was the first person from my family to actually graduate from university. I was the second, but I just thought, no, there's no ways I'm going. I was in a dark place, Um, and I was about 20, maybe 21, 22. I think about 22 at that time, and I was just trying. I was trying to find jobs, but South Africa has a very high unemployment rate. I think it was back then, easily 30%. And it was really difficult. Trying, 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 but not getting anywhere. Eventually, I applied for so many jobs. I then got offered a scholarship to do a post-grad in, um, I think it was computer programming or some sort. And I was like, wow, this sounds like an amazing opportunity because um, after the one year of scholarship, it's a paid scholarship, I would then have a job by the company. So it are just guaranteed a job. So I was like, wow, this sounds awesome. And this is basically one of the, the events that shaped my perspective of what, what I can do. So I went out to this particular day, this um, event. We had to all do a picture on why we think we deserve to be part of this scholarship. So the, this company was offering, this organization was offering um paid a paid writer university okay for post grad um certificate in the it field and they were pairing us up with like major corporations in south africa um to go and work in the afternoons so we work in the afternoons we get paid after the one year we also full-time work at the company so it was an amazing opportunity and there was only 30 of us who were shortlisted out of thousands excited 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 i needed to do a one minute pitch i went in um in the auditorium, I stood there, there was about 30 executives, okay? So one for each person. Um, and you basically had to pitch why you want to be on it. And they would say, okay, I want to take him or her to be on part of my, my team. Wow, I started, I could not get the word out. I froze. I just went blank. And I mean, for one minute, all I need to speak is for one minute. Then eventually they were like, Carl, it's fine. Maybe we ask some questions. They asked questions I still could not answer. Eventually, they were like, okay, fine. I spoke to the organizers. They were like, unfortunately, out of the 30 people, there were only three people who did not make it on board or um, were not awarded the scholarship solely because they could not present themselves or preach themselves for why they deserve to be part of this. Okay? We were already pre-accepted. It was just about us standing there and saying, okay, I want to for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine I was really in a dark place Now I'm like, ah, this perfect opportunity and everything. Yeah, so just another knock. And that particular day, I remember, I was driving home and I was going to my sister's place and I was just like, wow, life, feeling so sorry for myself. And I went over to my sister's place and um, I arrived there, I spoke to her, she was like, ah, I'm really sorry and all these things. And then she was like, okay, a few minutes later, or a few moments later, she was like, Kyle, um, you want to go and sweep the porch? Because we have guests coming over um, and it's a husband's birthday. So they're having guests coming over for dinner and it's a husband's birthday. And I was like, okay. And I went out and I was like, how would she ask me after knowing that I had just faced my umpteenth rejection, okay? And, and I'm at the lowest of the lowest. And she's somebody who really loves me, cares for me, yet she made this request. So I was confused. But anyway, I followed through. And while I was sweeping that particular moment, I started thinking, why? Did this happen? And I think that's also the light that uh, a new insight that i got uh, that's really been really important to me is reflecting back. Because in that moment, I was starting to reflect on why she did what she did, okay? And then I realized, you know what? At the end of the day, people can love you. People can want the best for you. But at the end of the day, the onus rests on you. It's your responsibility. No matter the results that you're getting, it's your responsibility to show up, okay? To be prepared to do your best. If you don't get the results, you find out why you did not get it entire game so that moment became my learning lesson where i was like you know what it's my responsibility nobody else's yes i got rejected because i could not speak but i'm going to do something about this and then i basically went down a path of me saying you know what i'm going to start i'm going to become a great public speaker because i realized in that moment i'm afraid of public speaking mm-hmm. and i just went hard at it i went hard at, i went hard at developing myself okay and i can proudly say today that I'm a competent speaker, competent communicator. I've given a TEDx talk. So I've achieved amazing feats since that time. And that was maybe seven years ago, okay? Seven, six years ago. So that's in a nutshell one of the dark places that I've been in and how I transferred that and allowed that to become a fuel to push me.
1: That's amazing, man. I really appreciate that. uh, Sometimes (laughs) these moments in life really help us there are these dark times and it's not until we come to the other side to realize like wow that was a really great moment Mm
0: -hmm. and sometimes
1: it does take some time to get through that so if if someone comes to you in these dark moments um Mm -hmm. or these blocks what are their common blocks that they come to you with and then what do you share with them to solve the blocks
0: you see it's always it depends on the individual okay what their particular challenges and at the end of the day we all face challenges right so it's about what is the challenge that they presented with and what are the common challenges that people face um whether they are high achievers right or people who haven't achieved any as as understood by belief right that is the cause of it people lacking the sense of i'm able to do this i'm able to show up i'm able to accomplish this and that stems back from their story the narrative okay that they've created about who they are and what they're capable of so i usually work with my clients to identify what is that stopping them right in looking at okay why and where does this stem from what is the story behind that because we operate by stories our identity is nothing but a story a story that we've created in our mind okay a story about how we relate to the world and how we expect the world to relate to us and if we want to achieve at the highest level possible it's about us Really recreating the story creating an empowering story of who we are of us being the champions of us being the conquerors and not simply just creating a story but showing up okay and actually living that story saying okay you know what so if i want to be a conqueror if i want to be the hero of my story what do i have to do to become the hero yes yeah.
1: that's also so following through with action mm-hmm. So, so let's say that I find out that I have a story that's not serving me. So the first step is to become aware of that story. Now that I Mm -hmm. find out that I have this story running me, how, how do I start to change that story, change that narrative?
0: To change the narrative, it depends. So obviously I'll set up um, unique exercises depending on what it is that you're struggling with, but, to change your narrative there are many ways like you said the first step in any change is becoming aware of it right because we can't change something that we're not aware there's a problem okay so if we're not aware there's a problem we can't consciously change something or intentionally change it so the fact that you've already identified there is a problem you already are halfway there that means you've really achieved a sense of awareness now it's about okay how do you overcome this problem how do you conquer this problem okay so if you realize that oh let's say um You know what, my belief is not there in order for me to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. Because belief is critical in every single thing. People think it's simply just a plan and taking action. No. People sabotage themselves because they lack the belief. That's why these people who've been struggling for years and years and years to lose weight, right? But they don't get there. Why? Now, it stems to the belief. What's the belief that, that glues together everything? So if we look back at it and say, you know what, this person lacks that certainty that i'm going to achieve this it's more tentative okay i'm going to try okay so basically in essence it depends on what a particular block is or what a particular story is the narrative and then trying to align activities that helps that individual challenge that all you want to do is challenge that story make that individual realize that this is not the reality that this belief maybe served me at a particular time but it doesn't serve me anymore
1: okay so 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 let's say let's keep carrying this example through through the weight loss like so Mm -hmm. they've become aware of that narrative that's running them in the weight loss um Mm -hmm. but they're looking to create that essentially that new identity shift from that belief that the, the narrative that is holding them back what are some things that someone can do now to take those actions to become that new narrative
0: Okay, so the only way you can actually create a new narrative, so a true narrative, a narrative, eh? We're not being delusional yet, because some people, they use affirmations, for example, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm strong, I conquer. But when it comes time to show up, they don't, okay? So it's about our affirmations, okay? It becomes a blueprint for our action, okay? So it goes hand in hand. Our narrative, mm-hmm. right? The story we're telling ourselves is backed up by our daily action. Ah. So it's not only the one part. Okay, because some people think that, you know, we have the secret, um, I think it came out in 2008, 2009 or 2007. Very popular. Many people believe in this, right? And it's really amazing because visualization is important, okay? Manifesting is important. The words we say is important, but people forget an important element to that. It's the action that we take, okay? We don't just sit around and say, oh, I want a million dollars in my account. Oh, I want the perfect husband <laughs> or the perfect wife. No, we say that, and we go follow through what do i have to do to go make that money what do i have to do to find the perfect partner what do i have to do to find the perfect body or get the perfect body so action is important so when the individual is trying to lose the weight you can say okay you know what the belief lack okay so how do we start building the belief we start building the belief through the action that the individual takes showing that individual challenging that individual like um through it, through the exercises because maybe they just need something that's more intense intense form of training and showing them that they're capable of doing this, okay? And that through this, over a period of time, they'll be able to achieve their dream body. So we're just consistently showing and showing and showing up, that's it. We need to show up for our story. We can't simply just say or write a new story, right? It's two elements, two elements, very important that we don't, we don't miss that.
1: So this is interesting. You mentioned the secret, this is something that um, mm-hmm. I think is done really well for people. Like it's really helped mm-hmm. in people's mind. But I also at the same time, mm-hmm. think it's uh, from my observation has harmed people in the same way from this part that you're talking about here, like mm-hmm. the action to support instead of just sitting there, exactly. what other elements do you think the secret is missing that people just read the book and think that they can just kind of be passive in their life to get the results. Is there any other components that come to mind?
0: I can't remember, I read that book years ago, but I know that one thing that I've discovered over the years is that action. Action is what you need to take to achieve anything, right? You can't grow a tree without taking action. We can't get to a place without taking action. We can't even get out of bed if you don't take the step to get out of bed, right? (laughs) So you can lay there, oh, I'm out of bed, Oh, oh, I'm at the beach. No, you need to get out of bed and get yourself to the beach, action. So the the is the manifesting part where you can say, you know what, I have the vision board and all these things are, are true, right? Because we need to understand that whether you have a vision board is something that's in your eyes, in your face all the time. So it's reminding you of what you want, okay? So that's important. Visualizing teaches your brain the importance of the thing that you want, okay? And how it basically links to what you want. And it helps you identify ways of getting what you want. Then the action part is the part of you taking action to get it. So, like I said, um, the secret is not a lie. I just that people stop short. They omit a really important element to that. Okay, we don't just manifest. Okay, manifest you take action to manifest what you want out of life.
1: Hmm. And so, in terms of manifestation, how how mm-hmm. much do you use manifestation in your work and for your clients?
0: Um, it depends once again on the individual client. So I my, my sessions are all customized based on the individual, so I don't try to um, try to insert my beliefs on my client because some of them are, are maybe more faith based um, some of them need to tap into the dark the darkness because we know that like you mentioned earlier um, all high achievers have a story like right? usually a dark story that pushed them so sometimes we need to tap into that darkness as well um, so it depends on what on what my client is struggling with, and I will obviously evaluate based on their goal and what area to push on, what particular tool to use to help them achieve that. But it all boils down to how we're going to fuel them to get to what they want, right? Like you said, you can mm-hmm. everything in our life, the the world produces, the world gives us everything we need to do get what we want out of life, right? It's about us opening our eyes. It's about us saying, how do I change this to the fuel that I need? Okay, right? with its darkness, with its pain, that's everything you need, right? So it's always saying, you know what, yes, I might not be getting the hand I want, but how can I, how can I become a master at winning with a hand that I'm dealt?
1: Mm -hmm. And I think you're a representation of that, where you're, where you've come out of, I mean, I'm sure you're one in a, like a very small few percentage that are doing Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Exactly. Why, why do you think that is? What, like, let's, say, let's go a little bit deeper beyond your parents. Like, what, what do you think within you created that change?
0: So I will tell you, first of all, like I said, I've always been extremely compassionate Like growing up. Um, Seen, I does not have. Okay? First of all, I never always had, but yet my parents were able to give us sometimes. So whether it was a pair of shoes that I really wanted, the new shoes, um, sometimes I couldn't get it, sometimes I got it. But yet there were people who, we worse off than us. Like, so I, I've always been very compassionate. And I remember my mom telling me the story that one day we were, um, I was probably like five or six years old. I was playing outside. And then this boy and his mother came. And they were, they were coming to ask for food in our neighborhood. And I was outside playing. And I knocked it. I, I went home. I brought him to my house. And I said, Mommy, can I please give this boy my shoes? And I took off the shoes that I had. And I gave them to the boy because he never had shoes on. And she told me the story. And. That is just to to show you that I've always had a heart of serving Mm. of giving other people, right? But obviously, you know, you, I believe that, you know, it's important for us to step into the state that is that we need to be in order to get what we want. So I, I have a heart of giving, I just want to serve, I love, right? But I also know that I'm not oblivious to the fact that people will use you if you're only like that. So I always ask myself, How do I have to show up? Do I have to show up as a champion right here, right? And dominate because I can't go into that state, but I can also step into the state where I'm just love. I just want to love. I just want everybody to grow, to win, okay? So it's about knowing that, like I said, I think that my entire upbringing has shaped me to become very compassionate, to have lots of love for other people. And I don't know if it comes from my genetics or where, but that's always my heart that I've had. I've always had a heart of serving. But like I said, my own challenges then, shaped me, where I always reflected back on how I could overcome this. And I've had many challenges, whether it was me even losing weight, like I was like 25 kilograms heavier. That's just when I came out of the whole depression stint um, after graduating university. I was about 23, 24. And that's basically where everything started to change, 24, 25, Um, I'm about, I'm turning 32 now. So that is when things started to change for me. Where I went back to university, I did my postgraduate psychology. Um, I started my own cleaning business. I just started saying, you know what? I'm no longer waiting for people to give me opportunities. I'm going out and creating opportunities. Opportunities for my body, opportunities for my mind. And I immersed myself in the principles and lessons of life. Okay, I, be, I just started reading and falling in love with reading. So I wouldn't say this one specific thing that crafted the individual you see in front of you, but I would say, you know what? It's accumulation of things, accumulation of falls, accumulation of having a low self-esteem, of being bullied, accumulation of having to stand up for myself, of having to craft the person you see in front of you, accumulation of putting my head down in the books trying to see what are the lessons of other people who've been through this. Okay, so like I said, it's been accumulation. It's been it's just been a ride of me always trying to learn, always trying to learn and gain, and that's basically.
1: Man, I love. There's so many things in there that you said are really interesting. Harnessing your darkness to, to fuel you, um, standing up for yourself, uh, because you're a, com- a compassionate person and having to be mindful mm-hmm. of that and looking mm-hmm. into the principles that, that have gotten you and like reading other people's principles. Um, mm-hmm. when, when you say, uh, harnessing your darkness, mm-hmm. how, how can someone harness their darkness?
0: While well, we well still in it. While still in it, right? So the thing is, is that if you're still in your darkness, it's very important. Like if you're going through a really difficult time right now, it's very important for you to just, you know, try to get out of a difficult time. Because we know that it's real, when people are in, the, in a depressed state or like um, overly stressed, it's really hard for them to think about anything, about the better tomorrow, Right. So it's just important for them to take action in this moment. And sometimes it's okay to just be, instead of focusing on becoming. And that's Mm -hmm. also an important distinction that we should make, especially as high achievers, where we're always trying to become, Mm -hmm. like always chasing the next win. Sometimes it's okay to say, you know what, right now this season requires me to just be, for me to be mindful, for me to be present, for me to be listening to what's happening around me, to learn, to gain and then get ready, rejuvenated, renewed, and then you can go on again and become. So I think it's very important for people to distinguish where they are right now, realizing that it's only seasonal. Everything in life is seasonal, mm-hmm. okay? But it's important for us to say, what am I doing during the season? Because what you, do, what you do during the season will determine the outcome that you get, okay? It will determine the results that you get. And many of us, when we are going through a season, a tough season, we put our heads down, okay? We feel sorry for ourselves, we become the victim. And we keep that victim's mentality and we carry it through, even when we go into our next season, instead of saying, you know what, I know that this difficult time is going to pass. Okay? Difficulties happen to everyone, no matter who they are, no matter if they, have, um, they come from a silver, back, a silver spoon background, no matter if they had no money, no matter what it is, okay? everybody faces difficulties and challenges as part of the human experience. So saying, you know what, I know that part of my experience is that I'm going to feel pain. I'm going to experience pain. Okay but how do I not succumb to the pain? How do I not let the pain define me? How do I instead use the pain, okay? Transmute the pain and turn the pain to my fuel to actually fuel me to become who I know I can become, who I'm destined to become. Because there are so many people living life way below their potential, Mm. simply because they are scared, right? They need that fuel, they need to tap into that fuel. So if they're going through dark time right now, First of all, it's okay to be, it's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay to feel sorry for yourself, okay? But just tell yourself, what is one step that you can take today to move forward? Okay. Also acknowledging that this experience is not unique to you. Okay. Everybody across the board experiences that. Then once again, understanding that it is seasonal, it will pass, okay? And keep looking out for the moment that's going to pass. Hold your head up and say, you know what? What can I do today? To move, me, to move me forward. That's it. One step forward. One step forward. That's it. Once, you, once you're able to see the light, then you're able to say, okay, now, maybe I need a new plan or strategy to actually grow in the new season. But first, sometimes you say you have to be,
1: depends on what season you're in. Okay? I love that. I love that. That's such a good mm-hmm. idea. Thinking about it in seasons. Um, mm-hmm. I had just achieved a certain level of a fitness goal that I've been working towards. Mm-hmm. And it required me to use like my yang energy. But since mm-hmm. reaching the goal, I felt like, Whoa, I need to now be in yin. So I need to be mm-hmm. a little di- different body movements in my body right now. Mm-hmm. And it, I love that you're talking about how you show up in the season. It, uh, that's, that's mm-hmm. such a great way to look at it. Um, so then, okay. How do we, and how, or what's, what's your process, say, say within, um, you building your businesses, I mean, I'm sure you've had to overcome imposter syndrome and fear. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, so say I'm in like a dark season, I, I see the light and I'm like, okay, that's the direction. But then the next little thing comes in is fear. What, what should I do to navigate this fear?
0: Yeah, fear is natural, okay. All human beings experience fear once again. So it's first about you identifying, okay, what am I fearful about? How can I mitigate the risk? Because if we look at fear, right, what is fear trying to do? Fear is trying to protect us. That's it. Okay. The main purpose, the primary reason that we are fearful is trying to protect us. And when when we think about deeper, about what is it trying to protect? It's trying to ensure our survival, right? It's trying to ensure that we don't die. That's what fear is. Now, it's about you saying, okay, now that I know, I acknowledge I'm feeling fear, what can I even do, okay? Or identify, what am I fearful about? What is the worst case scenario, okay? And am I comfortable with this or how can I mitigate the risk? So y- you need to identify, first of all, what are you fearful about, okay? What's the worst case scenario? Are you comfortable with the risk, okay? Or how can you mitigate the risk? Sometimes it could be, listen, here, like you said, um, you're feeling imposter syndrome, having to do something, so you're fearful about that. Um, in a sense like that, what's the worst case scenario, right? The worst case, worst case scenario is maybe, um, let's say, um, you're not getting the clients, if it's working with clients, right? Um, that's the worst case scenario. So what, okay? So how do you mitigate the risk? How do you ensure that you are not as fearful when you go into that? How do, how do you prevent that from happening? You could then say, okay, for me to prevent that is for me to practice beforehand, okay? So that is preventing the risk. So it's identifying that that is an irrational fear in a sense, okay? That fear is not really keeping you alive, okay? So there are fears that are trying to keep you alive. Some fears are trying to keep your ego alive. And it's important for us to also make the distinction there. The ego, our identity, many a times people are afraid to start their business simply because of the rejection they might face, right? That That is the death of your ego or the potential death of your ego. Oh, I want people see that somebody always gets things right, right? (laughs) So now I'm afraid of falling. I'm afraid of failing. No, it's okay. You so if you can say, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Um, Let's say I'm not losing all my money. (laughs) Okay, I'm not investing, putting my house on the line, but just a small time investment or a small uh, financial investment that I'm making. And if I lose it, I'll still be okay, right? So now you can say, okay, so let's go. Because you can then say, oh, it's simply my ego, the death of the ego, okay, or the potential death of your ego. So it's also distinguishing what type of fear is it? Is it really a fear that's trying to keep us alive, right? Then identifying um, what is the cause of the fear, or how can you mitigate the risk? So, yeah, that's in essence basically it. And like I said, there's always ways around that. How do you mitigate the risk?
1: I love how you say mitigate risk," because reward mm-hmm. reward and risk are on the same mm-hmm. plane, right? you can't you can't get exactly. this reward without taking this risk, but you can mitigate exactly. the risk, and like mm-hmm. put the risk in these um, bite-sized chunks and break it down. Um, mm-hmm. what What would can you give us an example of a fear that you overcame, like one of the bigger fears that you've overcome, and then you've mitigated the risk to allow you to overcome it?
0: I would say one of the biggest fears that I had to overcome, I mean, there's plenty of fears, okay, right? You know that we are all conditioned. We are conditioned and that the conditioning of our past, our past experiences, our past falls, our past fails, that all shapes us, right? That all shapes our view of ourselves but our view of the world as well. And that becomes like layers. We become like a layered onion where we need to peel it all away. So I've always been trying to peel away my fears right now. Now that I know that if I'm not going to die because of this. What can I, how can I overcome this, right? So like I told you, the, the fear of public speaking, I knew that my future, in my future I wanted to, um, because if you're looking back, like I said, about six years ago, seven years ago, when this happened, um, I knew that someday I want to be able to speak to people. Right? I, didn't, I didn't know that I want to become a motivational speaker in the sense, or speak on stages, but I knew that I needed to be a competent speaker. So I decided that I wanted to start speaking better. Now. In terms of that, so let's look fast forward five years later when I actually did a uh, TEDx talk. Um, that was the first, first real talk that I've, that I've done um, since then, right? Since my failed attempt at the scholarship opportunity. So how I motivated that risk is simply practicing, right? I practiced and I had to face a lot of blocks beforehand because the, I promise you, there were times where I think it was a month before where I, I, so I was like, okay, I'm doing this. Now I needed to, I took about, out of the entire month, I took about almost three weeks to write up my talk. Because I would write up something, ah, no, this is not good enough. Write up something, no, this is not good enough. Right? Because obviously that shows that there was, I was trying to, I was seeking the perfection in a sense because I was afraid. Right? And and many of us are like that, where we, oh, this business plan's not perfect. No, next one. Not it's not perfect. Um, Until I was like, okay, now I'm under pressure, time pressure, because I need to get this done. Because I need to be able to, I need to be able to practice the speech, the speech beforehand, and I think it was last week. Um, all I did was practice, and like I said, that was the first time I actually went onto a stage and spoke. But I could feel, like I said, before that, the week, the few, the weeks leading up to that, there, was actually a moment where I actually experienced anxiety, right, an anxiety attack, and I don't get that. Um, um, I I don't, I can't recall a time where I've ever had an anxiety anxiety attack. Uh, Maybe the last, I could probably be when I was depressed in my early 20s. So I was practicing for the speech and trying to get the things, everything perfect. And then I was looking at the the speaker lineup, and I was like, oh my word, these people, like I started, you know, the imposter syndrome. Oh, oh my word steps in. These people are so more um, well known. They're all like these, really good speakers and all those things. And I just got overshadowed by doubt and anxiety. And immediately my heart rate started pumping. And I was like, I, I slowed down, I breathe, and I remind myself, I took myself out of my own shoes and I reminded myself that it's okay, right? I know what I'm experiencing right now, breathe, here it go. And obviously I didn't last long, I lasted a couple of seconds. Um, but that was just an indication of, you know, the barriers I had to face trying to overcome this fear. Um, and I knew I was ready. I knew I was ready. But, you know, sometimes the mind plays tricks on us. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So that is one of the fears that I had to overcome as well. That I would say one of the biggest fears. Um, but on the day when I went out, I was ready. I was ready for battle. <laughs> I was ready for battle.
1: And uh, how did it go? How? how it did went well
0: it went well obviously looking back today i can see there are areas where i could have done even better but for that time it was excellent right today i would be even better but that was for that time
1: what what would you do differently now
0: if i should if i should have not if i should when i do have an opportunity i would be um, a better storyteller i would try to tell stories more right because the audience connects with stories so that's very important so that's what i've learned since then. Whereas I was just, you know, I was just telling them, like, basically information and things. Uh, whereas I would try to connect more with the audience first through a story. So that's what I would do differently this time around. I mean, even my story, the fact, of, I would have even brought up my story that I was afraid of public speaking. But me standing there is an indication of what you can do. You understand?
1: I, that, I think you would have really connected to the audience with that. I'm, I feel connected to you from that because <laughs> I, I you're you're talking me through the experience i can just imagine mm-hmm. what is happening because i i mean that's one of our human fears basic fears, is public speaking you know yes. it's a common fear for exactly. a lot of us so um mm-hmm. at some point too i plan to go on stage as well so it's always good to have mm-hmm. like um yeah ideas and things um what advice could you give me to uh, to having my first speech on stage
0: I would definitely say, like, connecting with the audience, right? Um, very important, storytelling. So, um, like, storytelling is a way that you connect with people because that's how we connect with... That's how stories are so important in our lives and even our narrative is a story, right? Everything's a story. So just trying to craft a story that really connects with the individual connects with the people in there. and And I think that's the, that's one of the most important things that I would definitely say when you are speaking from stage. But Did also... You- Great way to practice is, um, attend the Toastmasters. Did you do that? Did you practice? I did. I, um, I had, I went to some events. I probably went to like four Toastmasters meetings. Yeah. But that's what I said, I I haven't really put a lot of practice into my public speaking per se, like directly, but Mm -hmm. I put a lot of practice into me as individual, um, knowing that because obviously now that, um, I mean, My background is understanding the individual, right? Understanding the mind, understanding the person, understanding fears. So I could then look at myself and see, like, where my fear of public speaking stemmed from. It stemmed from the fact that I saw myself as being inferior. And that's why I wasn't able to speak in front of all those executives, right? I saw myself as being less than they were, understand? I had a low self-esteem. I was overweight. All those things, right? So that was the reason I could not really speak. I felt like my English was broken. Yeah, it might have not been perfect. Nobody's perfect. (laughs) So embrace your imperfections is another thing that I would also say. So, yeah, so those are key takeaways that that I use. So I didn't specifically work on my speaking, but I I
1: specifically worked on my mind. Hmm. So let's, now that you and I are both into the mindset world, Mm -hmm. what what do you think, let's say someone, I know this is again, case by case, but just bringing in a generality so we can talk to hit a broader audience. What, what do you think are some basic things someone can do to start enhancing their mind or their mindset? So they say like, I'm a negative thinker, this and that, what can they do?
0: Yeah, so if, first of all, if you're a negative thinker, it's very important for you to, to then start reconfiguring your mind, okay? Because, and the way you can do that, first of all, gratitude helps with that, right? Um, and gratitude is very essential because it takes us out of our own, okay? Because we are always living life through our own eyes, okay, through our own experience. And we in ultimately, no matter how great we think we are, okay, no matter if we think the world revolves around us, it doesn't, right? We fall dead tomorrow and a week later everybody okay. forgotten about us. Life would have gone on. So we need to realize that, you know, life is no matter I saw this quote not too long ago. Even the longest, even the longest life is only it's only a l- as short It's a short ride, right? It's a short ride. Uh, because, so we need to acknowledge that we get an opportunity to be on this planet, right? We need to acknowledge that we have food. Even if life is not perfect, even if you hate your job, at least you have an income. There are people who don't. So gratitude firstly, that's the very first thing I would say. And then I would say, you know, trying to reconfigure your mind is read, read, okay? So it's important what you're filling your mind with, whether it's reading, whether it's podcasts like this, okay? Um, so it's trying to say, how can I, how can I gain more insight from people who are inspirational, who are different, because if we, if I'm only going to consume the things that I've used, that I am consuming, um, with these, the negative news, um, listening to your friends, um, and I mean, like I told you, it's easy for people to fall victim like that. You understand? If everybody around us is negative, it's easy. Mm -hmm. I complain because just work again. or this is that. Everybody want to see who's the best complainer. So try to remove yourself from that and try to say, you know what? Does this serve me? I always, this one question I always use with my clients is, does this serve me? And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, how does this serve me to become what I want, okay? Mm-hmm. Or to become what, what I need to become, or achieve what I need to achieve. So we all have a vision. And if your vision is your North Star, you can always say, how does this serve me? If you're all being around negative people, does it serve you? Or doesn't it serve you? It doesn't serve you. You need to move away from it, right? So it's always saying, how can this? So it's about using everything once again to always move you towards what you want, your know. star.
1: And so I think we've covered a lot of topics here, but then this just mm-hmm. comes to my mind, and I'd love to know your take on it. What's your take on how your thoughts create your reality?
0: So thoughts create your reality, if we look back at um, this one core um, framework in psychology, right? Uh, I think it's behavioral theory. um, That speaks about basically a thought, right? Our thoughts produce our emotion, which then produces our action, right? So it's thought, feeling, action. So if we think about it in this particular framework, if if I wake up Monday morning and I'm like, ah, it's work. Oh my word. Now I have to go again and see all these people and deal with this lousy boss. What happens? Those thoughts come to your mind, what happens? Now you're gonna start having those feelings that's associated with those types of thoughts, right? You're gonna start feeling, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. I wish it was still weakened. You get what I'm trying to say? What type of action are you gonna take? You're not gonna take an empowered action. You're not gonna get out of bed and say, start dancing and being happy. No, you're gonna get out of bed and drag your feet, then I'm moody. That's basically in essence an example of how our thoughts create our reality. So we need to be aware of the things that we are thinking. We need to be aware of the things that we are saying, because all of it creates the framework for our action, our feeling, and our action. So if you are always constantly thinking about oh, how unfortunate life is, okay, or how, um, or how you are victim to all these unfortunate realities, and why life is unfair to you, you're always thinking those types of thoughts, right? You're never going to take action, and that's why. People always say, you know what, you need to step out of a victim's mindset. What does a victim's mindset mean? It means that our thoughts are predominantly about us being, um, about us being um, in an unfavorable position, right? About life treating us unfairly, about people treating us unfairly. So we're the victim. So if life is always treating you unfairly, it means that you are feeling that way. And if someone keeps doing something to you that you consider not fair, you're not going to take action to really challenge that person. Yes, you might just shout, ah, why are you doing this? But you're not going to say, you know what? How can I actually stand up and rise above this? Okay? You're just going to be shouting, stop being unfair, stop being unfair, stop being unfair. And that's what we see around us in the world all the time. Ah, oh, stop it with us, stop it with us. Everybody complaining, right? But if we look at it, how do and that's why we say, you know what? Move away from the victim's mindset. Try to move into a growth approach or try to move into, you know, a victim's mindset um, where you're going to say, you know what? I'm, I'm claiming victory over this, right? Now, if you claim victory over it, where you say is that, in spite of those things happening, and very similar to what I told you earlier, where um, the hardships that I faced, where I had to go in and present to those um, for the scholarship, in, some, in the same way, I could have been like, ah, oh, it's so unfair. Why everybody's still, nobody's giving me an opportunity, right? But instead, I changed my mind about it. I saw it as, you know what, it's my responsibility. So if we can also take responsibility for our lives, for where we at in life, even if it is not our fault, that then gives us the that then gives us power, right? Because it gives us it now provides us power. When you have responsibility, it means that you can take action to change something. But if you don't have the responsibility, you can't take you can't take no action to change it. It's not in your hands, okay? So that's why it's important for us to say, you know what, our thoughts would be around how am I responsible for this or how can I take responsibility for this, even if it's not solely your responsibility. And then you can then have the feelings about, how can I show up about How can I show up and change this? And then obviously your actions just obviously align with that. Wow. I hope it explains the thought. Uh, thought, It does. um,
1: And that's why why I knew to ask you because I had a feeling you'd have a good answer. That's Mm -hmm. really good. Um before we come to the end of our podcast here, Kyle, um, is there anything else on your heart that you'd like to share that we haven't talked about today?
0: Nothing that I can think about this right now, but like I just want people to be aware that you know what, they can conquer whatever's in the way, okay? That it's our mind. Our mind is designed to keep us safe, okay? And our mind, like I said earlier, whether it is through fear, it produces it's trying to keep us alive. That's the sole purpose of our mind. And when we are when we are in a state of comfort, right? It's, it's perceived as as being safe. So that's why it's easy for us to be comfortable. It's easy for us to be safe. But to realize that, you know what? Nothing nothing's going to grow, okay, in your safe zone. You need to get out there. You need to keep challenging your your old belief patterns. You need to keep challenging the old limits that you have because you only have this one ride at life. This one challenge. This one chance at life. It's about, so it's important for you to rise up, for you to become all that you can and go after the life that you deserve, okay? Because there's so much out there for you and there's so many people who's waiting for you, but you need to take it on your own shoulders and say, you know what? Even though I don't know everything right now, even though I don't have everything sorted out, I'm going to take the first step in the direction of becoming my best and I'm going to find all the resources to become my best because even if it takes a lifetime, it's my lifetime. I'm sacrificing this lifetime to achieve the life that I deserve, okay? And help those who's waiting for me. So in essence, that's what I leave people with. Realize that you, you, the possibility exists for you. There's so many possibilities that exist for you. Stop buying into um, a life of average or stop buying into um, this is enough or I can't do anymore, okay? Stop buying into I can't. because if you really want, you can do anything you want to. Even if it means you fail a million times, even if it means you have to find somebody to help you with it, It's always ways to achieve what you really, really want. So you need to take responsibility for that and say, how can I? So that is the conclusion. I love that, man. (laughs) Hey, hey,
1: hey, hey, hey.
0: Yeah, sorry. uh, I know it's a mouthful, but a quick free flow for you.
1: (laughs) No, I appreciate it, man. I'm like, I'm soaking it all in. I'm like, nice. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I echo exactly (laughs) what you say and I support it and I feel the same way, man. And I just want to, yeah. I want to leave here with nothing left in the tank. You know, I wanted to give mm-hmm. it my all and know that I, I really seized every opportunity that I could. So I, I support you and I awesome. appreciate you. Um, so what I do with all my guests at the end of the show is um, I just ask a couple of questions uh, mm-hmm. and they about two to three sentences. So um, what's your most gifted book that mm-hmm. you give to people?
0: Um, the greatest salesman in the world, the greatest salesman in the world. I'm not sure it's OG something, the author, but it's one of my, my all time favorites. I'll definitely recommend you get that. Even if it's the audio,
1: the greatest salesman in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so let's say, um, you could go to Bangkok and there Mm -hmm. was a billboard and you Mm -hmm. could get this one quote out or this message out in front of a million people and they see it daily, what would that message
0: be? Mm-hmm. Well, i will probably be like, his greatest inside of you. Take a mm-hmm. step to unlock it. Oh. Yeah. Because many of us have given up. We've sold out on, on the greatest inside of us, right? Many of us. And I truly believe that every single human being on this earth has an amazing potential inside of them. And I see it a lot because I, I can see into people's potential. And that's a gift that I've owned, obviously, over the years of working with people. And a lot of people don't believe in themselves. And sometimes it's just about getting a nudge in the right direction. And I'm here to tell people today that if I can do it, right? Because I believe in myself, then you can, right? You can rise to whatever you want to. I, I mean, I, I, I gave you a brief background of my, of my, um, my life. That's just a brief background, but I mean it's been filled with many, many challenges, right? Many adversities. And like I told you, the majority of people don't make it out of there. They don't make it out of the wood. They don't make it out of the ghetto. That's it. So I'm telling you that the possibilities that exist for you is endless. But it's about you, it's about you saying, How do you step? How do you take a step to actually turn your obstacles that's in front of you right now into your opportunities? And how do you rise to becoming the best version of yourself the best person and really step into your full
1: potential i would read that sign every day <laughs> I walk by it just to read that sign <laughs> and um kyle in the last six months mm-hmm. what's a new habit you've acquired that's positively benefited your life
0: oh wow in the last six months i'm trying to think now in the last six months, I think, you know, when I made a distinction about being and be, right? Um, I think in the last six months, I really made that distinction where it was important for me to be. Maybe not in the last six months, because I think that this last six months has been the start of the year. Um, but I would say in the last 12 months that I realized that it's important to just, I created a distinction between being and becoming. Because, like I said, high achievers, me, me especially as well, like, you constantly, you, you constantly, fuel to achieve the next goal, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes in life, like I tell you, depending on the season you're in, sometimes you just need to take a step back and you just need to, you need to be, right? You need to allow yourself to be, allow yourself to, to feel sorry for yourself, allow yourself to grow from the things that you learn um, or that you've been through. So I'll, obviously, I can't leave you with that without giving you a little brief background into why I say that. So my father passed away um, last, last year in August, right? So that has been an extremely challenging or difficult time for me, in essence. Um, so that's the first time I've lost somebody really close to me. And I think that was one of the things that made me say that so it's okay to just slow down. It's okay to to re- acknowledge that you're in a different season of your life right now. And that season taught me lots of things. Like I say, every hardship brings with it the, the equals the equal seed of opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And going going into that already, I could already say, you know what, I know what some of the, the gifts are that I'm getting from this. Even though I would trade them any day for my father, but I still know what some of the gifts are. And one of the gifts is the fact that um, I knew it's going to make me a more compassionate individual because I'm truly experiencing what it is to lose somebody to love, right? And it's truly allowing me to connect with death, to awaken to my mortality, right? Because that's one thing people go, go through life expecting never to die, right? Yes. And it's unfortunate that Sometimes somebody close to you have to die in order for you to really wake up that, you know what, our time ticking away. But like I say, it's also a gift. And also the gift is like really connecting to the pain. And that pain is important. First of all, like I told you, pain can feel you. But also pain is part of the human experience. So I'm on this human experience like you are. And I need to allow myself to feel as well. And a sort of feeling and really going deep into it and really understanding it um, that I can get the lessons, and these lessons they make me a stronger, a stronger leader. Helps me to really serve people at a different level. And I mean, I've helped many people who've been struggling with their own challenges in terms of losing people. Um, since then, simply because um, I had this new perspective of losing someone you love, the pain associated with it, and how hard it is. Okay, so that I could only get because I went through it. So that is an example of why I spoke about becoming and being and Like I said, the last 12 months, that's something that I I slowed down, right? Because I needed to take my foot off the gas. I needed to allow myself to just be instead of focusing on becoming, right? And very essential. But like I know, like I said, sometimes it's okay to just be in the season you are are in. Get the lessons because every season gives us lessons, okay? Allow to refine you. Don't need to define you, but allow to refine you. Allow to refine your character. Allow to refine your perspective of life, okay? And then saying, okay, how can I move forward? How can I use this to fuel me, okay, to go to the next level, serve people?
1: I love <laughs> it. Um, yeah. I actually just did a post today on failure doesn't define you. It refines mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You're just constantly, awesome. these, these pains are, are it's, exactly. we, we put labels to them and we let them define us, but they're actually a mm-hmm. constant refining process, mm-hmm. shaping, our, mm-hmm. shaping our character exactly so, everything is shaping us shaping my experience of life well absolutely yeah absolutely it's been uh well kyle it's been an absolute pleasure i i feel like um i don't need to watch my daily dose of youtube uh, motivation now. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's been awesome man i can really feel You're your welcome. passion and and i'm You're sure welcome. all the the powerful transformations you're facilitating for the world. So Mm -hmm. for anyone listening or watching this, um, how can they connect with you?
0: Um, They can connect with me on Instagram, right? Um, I think it's at coached success. Um, Yeah, I think that is my Instagram or coached underscore success. Um, I also have a podcast. So it's coached com forward slash podcast. Um, So that's the main ways, but they can also connect with me on, Um, I have a YouTube channel and I have a Facebook group um, and page. So coach success on all platforms in essence. And that's C-O-A-C-H-E-D. E-D. Coached. Yeah. Success.
1: Okay. Uh, Amazing. Well, Kyle, thanks so much. And for the listeners, this was another episode of Inside Mentors Minds. Take care, everyone.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Matt thank
1: you for tuning in
0: please share this episode with anyone looking to maximize their life as this will help us to continue growing the Coached success community in addition connect with me on instagram or facebook and tell me what you enjoyed most about today's show links to facebook and instagram are in the episode description i look forward to hearing from you until next week stay winning